Welcome to The How, a W12 Plus podcast channeling water solutions. The How focuses on water solutions and the people behind them from around the world. Each episode, we uncover the professional and personal stories of people and organizations rethinking urban relationships to water. From W12 Plus, I'm your host, Judy Jane, and a co-host for this episode is W12 Plus project lead, Ellie Leaning. Hi, Judy. Thanks so much for having me today. How are you doing? I'm good. It's good to see you, Ellie. You too. So who do we have on the podcast for the first episode? So today, I'm super excited to introduce Maya Miko Unkoloma. He's the CEO of iMosis, an information and communications technology, or ICT for short, startup in Malawi. iMosis is a really cool organization that provides software, hardware, and engineering services to solve everyday challenges faced by people in Malawi, but particularly in Blantyre and Lilongwe. They work really closely with the government of Malawi through their Imadzi initiative. This improves water access for communities, particularly in peri-urban areas through this automated water kiosk system. We've highlighted the Imadzi initiative before, right? In the W12 Plus blueprint? Yes, exactly. We have a case study feature on the Imadzi initiative, which is available on our online database for notable water solutions. We'll link that in the show notes below. You also may have seen Maya um, as a guest on one of our W12 Plus exchanges in the past, and we've worked with him um, on a few different programs. As you were saying, iMosis works on automated water kiosks. Kiosks in Malawi are typically managed by a water attendant who collects the water fees for each person. This means that water is only available during the hours that an attendant is there. There's also limited data for the city water board to monitor how much water is being dispensed and make decisions. Exactly. So the iMosis system solves a lot of those problems. They have an automated water kiosk system that dispenses water at any time of the day for community members. So it solves safety issues, accessibility issues, and a lot more. Uh, Payment can be made on cards like credit cards or through smartphones. And they've vastly improved water access for thousands of people in the Lilongwe area in particular. And right now they're looking at expanding to other parts of Malawi and um, across Africa in general. Maya has studied across Malawi, India, and England, earning his undergraduate degree in engineering and a graduate degree in wireless communication. He is a lecturer in telecommunications at the Polytechnic University and is ultimately interested in using ICT to meet the demands of people in the global south. Without further ado, let's welcome Maya. Welcome to the podcast, Maya. I have Hi, a- thank you very much, Judy. <laughs> I have a check-in question to get us started. Uh, this question will help us get our conversation in our, in our heads and for the three of us to get to know one another better, for the listener to get to know us better. So my check-in question for the three of us is, when was the first time you noticed digital technology being used for water? Ellie, do you have a response? Sure. Uh, thanks, Judy. Yeah, I, I guess the first time I noticed it, digital technology being used I, for something that surprised me was it, not in water actually, but it was in public health and um, particularly in a community health setting. And I was, I did a a field program in Kenya during my undergraduate program. And I was just so impressed with how advanced their mobile tech system was for just monitoring people's healthcare needs and like who'd been checked in on when and what their medical status was. And it was really decentralized, really innovative, really, um, just it was so light years ahead of what I was used to coming from the United States that I have often thought about how you can use technology to to provide social goods in in a way that is 
really effective. So this conversation super exciting to me to hear more about how we can use that um, to help people get access, more access to clean water. I think that mobile technology part is really interesting because I have noticed in other parts of the world, people using smartphones is very differently than in the U.S., for example. For myself, um, I took the question in a different direction. Uh, and I think it's also interesting to think about what counts as technology. Um, we have like, we have a water boiler in our kitchen. Does that count as technology in terms of heating up the water? Um, and what I thought of first was fitness apps from when I was younger for people to track how much water they were drinking. So does that count as digital technology being used for water? And another one I remember uh, noticing when I was younger is we would have these water filter pitchers that you would put in your fridge, you'd fill up and there's a little filter inside and you would pour it out. And every time it would count, um, I think it counts the days or it counts how many times you pour out. And I thought that was really interesting. And I was confused too where the battery was, but then I found it when I was younger. <laughs> Maya, do you have a, an idea? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's really quite interesting. And uh, I like how you have uh, twisted our imagination, Judy. Uh, by looking at um, um, how technologies are used in water. Um, um, I mean, growing up in Africa and uh, you guys growing up in developed countries, I mean, the, the way we look at uh, uh, technology uh, is somehow different. Um, and um, in, in our situation is... Uh, um, in our water industry, te technology or digital technologies were not really used up to the recent years, probably around 2015 and 2016, when people like myself started to uh, show up the importance of uh, using digital technologies. Um, I, 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 I linked digital technologies um, impact to water when I was doing my studies in Italy, um, I had a um, supervisor who was so much um, interested in coming up with solutions uh, in different areas. And uh, the gap which I picked, um, uh, how we would use technology to solve problems in Africa was, was on water. And I'm uh, one of the pioneers to uh, push the agenda of using digital technologies um, in water. And uh, we'll look at uh, the whole operations of, of, of the water uh, sector, how it is distributed through the use of technology. So, of course, in the old days, they would still have, uh, uh, for example, if you look at the treatment plants, uh, they would still have um, ways of how to um, ensure that the water is clean, uh, what chemicals are there and how they do the dosing. But now with the coming in of technology, now we are using sensor technology whereby you don't have to be where the treatment plant is, but uh, you can actually check, approve, and ensure that uh, the water system is perfect, you know, through the use of uh, internet. So I think uh, we've quite advanced uh, from probably uh, from nothing um, to actually using technology to assisting the operations of the works. So yeah, I've, I've been like from the beginning where there's nothing and now to see the actual uh, implementation. So yeah, I think it's really quite uh, fascinating and to see things moving. It's really quite exciting, really. That is quite incredible because it's only been a span of a few years, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, 
Yeah, so I think it's really quite a lot of work for, for people like myself uh, to push these things forward. Um, you have to do a lot of convincing and also on how you can penetrate into the system to ensure that the solutions are adopted. Uh, because you should know that uh, um, I'm from the private sector and uh, to give a solution to uh, water utility companies which are basically government institutions, it's not that easy. Um, and you know, Africa is also known for, you know, not just Africa, I think corruption is everywhere. I shouldn't amplify Africa. <laughs> Corruption is everywhere, but uh, you know when you are you know getting some contracts from from from, from government, uh, you need to be clean because uh, you don't want to end up uh, having your hands bent um, by actually going through or by you know trying to go through shortcut ways. So it's quite tough. You need to do convincing. You need to show that these things really work. And then you have to go through the procurement system up to a point that you have your solution being adopted. So there's need of patience. And um, yeah, I think more convincing because it's not that easy because most of the people who manage these things you know, haven't used technology or technological solutions. And when you talk about technology, uh, you need to show um, <laughs> how the solution it is going to, to, to work even before they, get in, they give you the contract. So yeah, it's challenging, but um, I think things have been quite quite good uh, uh, to, to see us to where we are. It's super interesting to think about kind of accountability and how that's such a key part and of of this whole procurement process and like actually fulfilling the the needs of the contract that you're doing of, of the project. And do you think using digital technology is is helpful in in promoting accountability in projects like this, or is it is it something else? Yeah, it is because uh, when you when you look at uh, digital technologies, um, we could look at uh, from the filing process, file, filing process, uh, how documents are arranged. That's another part, um, and another part which we could look at is on the engineering part, how the digital technologies actually. Uh, being used in ensuring that uh, the engineering services, in this case, water services are delivered. So I'll give you one um, practical example that uh, uh, we, we, we faced here in, in Malawi. Um, for example, uh, across the city, we could have uh, a distribution network of water, and uh, this water could be kept in a reservoir tanks. So we could have big reservoir tanks um, installed on specific points in the city, just uh, to ensure that everyone has access uh, 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 to water. So what these people were doing at first, um, they would send people, let's say first thing in the morning, so with vehicles, they'll go around the city just to check how much water is in these reservoir tanks. And then they will come back to the head office to report. And after reporting, then the engineers will make a decision to say this area, the reservoir tank is low, so let's 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 open up valves for this this area so that these people are not suffering. So, in many cases, what will happen is uh, um, these people may not give real readings. Okay, maybe they may not go to the actual site 
they will just take previous readings. So they will, talk, they will take the vehicle from the institution, they will take it somewhere to do their private activities, and then they will take readings from, the, from yesterday to say, ah, okay, yesterday we had so much quantity of water, and then they will report the same thing. Okay, but now with the coming in of digital technologies, you see, we have sensors installed in these reservoir tanks. And in this case, they don't have to send people who at first they were not giving proper readings, maybe due to lack of accountability, which you have raised, or sometimes they may have, or not, not sometimes, many times they don't have tools to use to measure how much water is in that particular tank. So they will use many cases visual inspection. They'll just say, ah, I think the tank is half, or maybe it's three quarters. So they don't have tools. Uh, they will use deep stick. So they will have a long stick and they will dip it in the, in the tank and then they will, you know. So, you know, primi primitive ways of doing things, you know. So we are looking at uh, poor, uh, recording of uh, the, 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 the water quantities and at the same time, lack of accountability. And the coming in of digital technologies, actually it has closed all these challenges that these water utilities were facing. And it has also improved decision-making because now they don't have to wait for these people to travel and come back, but now they can make decisions instantly um, wherever they are through the use of uh, internet, because you know, these days we are talking about IoT, internet of things, AI. So that's what we are building on. You know, we are talking about uh, fourth industrial revolution. So that's the agenda which we are trying to push here in, in, in Malawi and African general to ensure that we are closing these problems that we we're facing previously, lack of accountability, and also to enhance decision-making. Those pieces of accountability and monitoring and decision-making those are things that the, your, your uh, Imadzi initiative, your automated water kiosk address directly, right, Maya? Yeah, so apart from the Imadzi initiative, which we shared, we are doing a lot more works for the water utility companies. Um, we are giving them technological solutions to ensure that uh, water is accessible to everyone. And uh, in this way, uh, we are monitoring um, trends from the water pipelines to the water reservoir units to actually the endpoint user. And uh, as you know, we have issues to do with uh, non-revenue water, whereby not all water that is produced is actually uh, used by the user. Some of the water is actually uh, disappear in the way. Maybe the, the pipeline is broken uh, and uh, possibly you may also have situations whereby you have um, 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 unknown people connecting to the water system, getting the water illegally. So through these systems, is uh, we are able to know how much is coming in and how much is coming out and any differences gives alerts to the water utility companies to know that uh, probably here we could have people who have uh, connected the pipeline illegally or the pipe is, 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 is broken. So we are actually bringing accountability across the system from, from the beginning actually to up to the end. And um, in many cases before the emergency project, uh, these communal kioskis were managed by a person, a human being. And um, he would collect money from the community 
And then you give the water, for example, one person will come with a few cents and will give out um, liters equivalent to the, to, to, the, to the amount of money. Uh, with uh, this situation whereby we have that person there, uh, that money, we may not know where it goes because uh, sometimes maybe a relative has come to collect water and give the, the water for free. So the system came in to ensure that every drop is counted. So, uh, because by the end of the day, we need that money to ensure that these people have uh, um, water running all the time. It's for the sustainability of the water system because we're looking at the village setup whereby our engineers are not in the village and uh, maybe the pipe is broken, who is going to be there to support them? So there needs to be a way of collecting money to ensure that these projects are sustained. Otherwise, you might come up with a project, but it may fail just because there was no sustainability plan. So that money is actually used back into the system to ensure that the communities have access to water. And the only way to ensure that there was accountability when it came to collections um, of um, money was to come up with uh, the ATM-like um, uh, device whereby everyone would come with a card. If it has credit, then we'll be able to take water from the, from the, from the, from the unit. So in that way, we've cut issues that were problematic issues whereby these people were not able to remit the funds that they were generated or issues to do that. These people could give whoever they know uh, this water for free. So we are actually tackling uh, the accountability aspect across the board from generation, from the operations up to the user side. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting, Maya. Uh, can you talk, well, I think first talk a little bit about the distinction between IMOSIS and um, the IMADZI initiative and how they kind of fit together. And, and then just talk a bit about about that project. We're really interested in just giving our listeners a, a kind of basic overview of, of, of what the IMADZI initiative is. And then we have a few follow-up questions about it. Okay. So IMADZI initiative is an initiative that um, um, is being done by Lilongwe Water Board. So Lilongwe Water Board is a water utility company that um, has been mandated to supply water across our capital city um, in Ilongwe. So we are looking at uh, supply of water to residential areas and also to industries across the city. Um, so, you know, in these um, cities, it's not every location that uh, you will find modern buildings or you'd find um, well-established uh, communities. We also have uh, people who are poor and residing around the city. And uh, the way these um, low-income uh, or peri-urban uh, communities uh, get their water, they take it from communal areas, uh, the communal uh, uh, water points. Because um, Unlike us who are in the urban areas, we have water being connected directly to our homes. But it's not the case with these people 
they have um, uh, a communal kiosk that could maybe uh, assist house, maybe 100 households, you know. Uh, so in the morning, probably women, you know, women are the ones who are challenged to ensure that water is available in homes, you know, for bathing and cooking for basic, you know, um, um, uh, activities. So maybe women in the morning, they will go collect water uh, for kids, for their husband, relatives, maybe to bath and maybe to have breakfast. And maybe around lunch, they'll go again, collect water for afternoon activities and again, maybe in the evening. That's the situation, how it is with the, uh, these uh, rural communities. And like us in town, just like you guys also there in Europe, um, America, wherever, we have also uh, running water uh, connected directly to our homes, but it's not the case with these guys. So uh, the, the problem is that uh, in these communal areas, the the, 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 the taps are managed by a person. So there has to be a person there managing the tap. And he collects money and then he releases the water to whoever is, is, is there to, to get the water, okay? And um, in that case, it means that uh, if he, that person is not there, then the community will not have access to, to water, okay? So one problem which is there is he, 24-7, there is no 24-7 availability uh, of water, okay? Uh, the second issue, we, we talked also about the accountability. Uh, the money that is collected, not all that money may go into the system back to the utility company. Some, it might disappear in thin air just because there are no records to know how much has been taken out and how much has come in. That's where now um, emergency project started. So on this particular project, uh, it's a collaboration work between um, Lilongwe Water Board and us, IMOSIS. So to get into this, it was really quite challenging, uh, just as how I indicated in the introductory part, to say that uh, when you have a solution and to see your solution being adopted, it's not as easy because of um, a lot of uh, processes that take place, uh, more especially when you are dealing with big companies and also government institutions. So I do remember it was in 2018, there was um, an exhibition uh, in the capital whereby you know, different companies went there to showcase their products. Um, of course, this was before uh, we already have uh, contracts with the Longota board, so we're already giving them services, uh, the ones which have already indicated on how uh, they could use digital technologies to ensure that uh, water is accessible to everyone. Uh, this was mainly concentrating in the seat distribution in the cities, but not in the rural areas. So we went to this uh, exhibition and we went there with our prototype for Imadzi. So we went with the box, uh, connect to the pipeline and with the cards, uh, so people would swipe and water will come out. And this uh, give interest to Lilongwe Water Board because it's something that we never discussed with them. We just went there, uh, we had our pavilion, they also had their pavilion, but we had this particular product on our pavilion. So there was like, ah, no, I think we want this product. 
Can we take it? So I was like, okay, you can have it. So they took the, the prototype, they connected it at their offices for trials. Yeah, so, you know, when you have an innovation, a new product, you know, it has to, you know, be taken through trials and the customer has to actually um, be satisfied uh, with the, the solution. So later on, I think it took some time, about two years. Uh, now you can see how tough it is this side. So it took about two years to see our first practical installation of uh, an automated water kiosk after giving them our prototype. So it must have been, I think, around 2020. Uh, that's when we did uh, our first installations in, in Lilongwe in collaboration with the Lilongwe Water Board. And um, it was uh, really quite impactful um, um, because now it, it was happening uh, during the process of, uh, I mean, during the times of COVID. And you know, COVID um, is, is linked with the uh, hand washing, um, how clean you know our hands are, the how you know communities are close to water, you know those kind of things. And um, us coming there with this solution um, to give the communities twenty four seven access uh, to clean water, uh, it was impactful as a way of fighting against COVID because now people in the communities would go anytime uh, to these uh, communal areas to, to draw water, uh, even if there's no one on site. And also just to point out, um, the solution is, 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 is it runs on, on, on solar. I mean, when you're talking about rural areas, I mean, you should understand that uh, not all these areas have access to electricity. And in this case, it means uh, the best option was for us to uh, incorporate solar technologies. And uh, with solar, it gives them um, opportunity uh, to use uh, the, the solution anytime uh, during the day. And at night, it runs on battery. So they have 24-7 access to clean water. And we had a lot of impact um, across the country and also beyond. And uh, we, we, we had um, opportunities coming in from different donors. Uh, for example, World Bank uh, came into being to support expansion of uh, this project through Lilongwe Water Board. And uh, currently we are working with the JICA um, and uh, they have given us more um, kiosks to, to, to connect. Some of them, uh, we are building them from scratch and we are connecting them the, uh, with the automated uh, solution so that people have access to clean water all the time. Exactly. The kiosks really solve a lot of problems, as you're saying, the problem of having a water attendant there 24-7. So instead of three hours in the morning, three hours at night, people can go whenever. The problem of tracking water for the city to see where non-revenue water may be more of an issue. And also in this time of COVID, as you say, for, um, for decreasing that congestion during those times when the kiosk is only open for those three hours in the morning, for example. You mentioned in this process, Maya, the number of years it's taken to get up to this point. I'm wondering, um, I'm wondering what are some of the challenges working in a private-public partnership? What are some of the benefits 
and what that process has been like for you as a private company. Yeah, I think we are into technology or maybe uh, we can be seen as an ICT company uh, or engineering company, but uh, or others would see us as a software company, but basically we are a solution provider. Um, Malawi, it's unfortunate, is uh, one of the least developed countries in the world. And um, me um, sitting here with you talking about technology, um, sometimes it, it, it cannot make sense because if you look at the people, they have their own requirements, own needs, even the government has its own problems. And if you're talking about IoT technology, it might be seen as an accessory. So for us to make things work is uh, we kind of uh, branded ourselves to say, you know what, we want Malawi to develop and what are the key areas for Malawi to develop? So we, we saw there's health, there's agriculture, there's education, there's industrialization, there's water. So we have, and, and health as well. So we picked about six items which are crucial for the development of a country like Malawi. And it's also the same for similar uh, countries in Africa and also across the world. Uh, because uh, a country can't develop if the water services are poor, if uh, the hospitals don't have water um, with patients, the nothing can work. The industrialization can't work. If there's no water, how can we produce commodities if we don't have water? It's quite an interesting paradox you've just explained where there are certain areas in Malawi that are less developed than others. And in terms mm -hmm. of digital technology, it sounds like mm -hmm. this is something you're really pushing and that some people may not quite understand. Is that right? Exactly. exactly. And I was getting, I'm trying to get to, I was giving a background as, and I'm trying to get to the question which you posed. So what we've done is uh, we're like, you know what? Let's help the government. Let's help the country develop. But our focus areas are going to be on these developmental areas. So we have different projects in health, education, agriculture, and also in water. And today, I think we are talking about the projects that we are doing in water. And you'd see that uh, for us to meet our goals, to, for us to see where Malawi should belong, we have to work in partnership with government institutions. So government um, is our big partner, is our big uh, 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 client, because we, we can only meet what we want to see Malawi achieving only if we could work with the, with the government. So that's how the, the partnership has been and that's how, how our motivation has been throughout to say we wanna see Malawi develop. But the only way we can assist Malawi develop is to assist the delivery of these key areas to ensure that people have access to this. With this, then we will see other industries coming, you know, uh, because we have this fundamental um, uh, uh, services being delivered to a common person. And because of this, this has made us to be quite uh, well-known because of our solutions. And um, uh, last year, we won an award as a startup company of the year, uh, which is, I think, uh, really quite uh, impressive. 
um, because of the work which we've been doing. Um, yeah. I saw that last year. Congratulations. 2021, uh, IMOSIS won the ICT Association of Malawi Startup of the Year. Yeah, yeah, perfect. So it's all because of uh, this kind of uh, uh, works that we are doing, trying to help the country develop, trying to help um, solve ch challenges that we meet on a daily basis. And in that way, you see, we are uh, actually rewarded. And today I'm talking to you. Uh, it's probably because of these uh, good things that we're doing uh, in the country. Another question I have is, what does it mean to you as someone who was born in Malawi and grew up in the country, you've traveled in other parts of the world, in India and Italy, studying to be able to come back to your home country and do this kind of work and help the development? Yeah, I have many, many colleagues um, who had the uh, opportunity to study uh, outside the country and um, they'll find opportunities there. Um, our friends, some are with Microsoft, some are even with NASA. So, um, but with me, it was different because I had a different agenda. Um, I started with uh, the academia. Um, so just after finishing my university, I was employed by the University of Malawi uh, as a lecturer. And uh, with the, uh, my work, with the academia, I was exposed to travel around the world doing research in instead of at um, uh, laboratories in Italy, as you mentioned, and Poland as well, and India. And uh, this gave me a very good foundation uh, on the technical know-how on how to come up with these technological solutions, which many of the people uh, uh, may not have the privilege to have this kind of information. Um, but my main agenda was to see Malawi develop. Um, I had a lot of opportunity. I could stay there. It's not a bad thing, it's a good thing because at the end of the day we are helping economies grow, which is a good thing. Uh, but my, my dream was back home uh, to see my country develop. And I came back and I continue, continued um, my work with the university. And uh, while with the university, I, 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 I established this startup, Imosis, uh, because uh, I wanted to be more impactful. And uh, the only way to be more impactful was uh, to come up with something which um, um, is, is, is independent from, from a bigger institution. Because, you know, we have the bureau, bureaucracy kind of issues. Sometimes you may have an idea, but maybe the idea to get approved and implemented, uh, it, may, it may happen or it may not even happen. So I, I had to give it a try to see if it can be possible, if I could put up together a team of young, smart, uh, innovative uh, people, um, youngsters. Uh, basically, I work with uh, recent graduates, um, either from the Polytechnic or another university, but basically I work with fresh minds. Because I believe uh, when you talk about innovation, I believe it's to do with these young ones. We, as we're getting older, our brains <laughs> get tired. So I, 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 I believe the future is with, this, with the youth. Uh, that's why even my team is so youthful. Um, it's only me, it's only three of us who are um, in the 30s, 
but uh, the rest, the, I think we have one in the teenager and the rest are in the 20s. So my team is quite, quite youthful. And um, I get the results which, 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 which I need uh, because, you know, a young person, you know, doesn't have a lot of responsibilities and uh, they can work all through the night. <laughs> As old people, you know, we have a lot of problems, we have a lot of responsibility work-wise. We need to ensure that the system is working, everyone gets paid, the company is growing. So it's, it's so demanding to, 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 to focus on um, uh, um, uh, back-end solutions and also focus on the marketing. So I, I rely more on my team. So it's teamwork. Team with with the team, you can achieve more than than with just one person. Yeah. As as you say, Maya, you've had all these opportunities, and you've seen other colleagues go other places, and you've decided to come back to Malawi and do this work. I'm wondering why you what what drives you in that. In that in the work that you do is there an experience or just a feeling that drives you to come back to malawi to work with students the next generation and really think about this future that you're that you're trying to build i think what drives me the most is uh to see my country develop um and even on the areas which we are focusing you see they are really quite uh core areas which are essential for a poor country to develop, because without those uh, fundamental uh, services being delivered in that country can't develop. And um, one of it, it's water, uh, which we have been focusing today. So my main focus is to, um, is to see Malawi develop um, through the use of my technical know-how. And in this case, it's, um, it's, um, it's, um, it's ICT. Um, I'm an electrical engineer by background. And when I joined the academia, I focused on telecommunications. Uh, so, you know, even what we're talking about is basically a transmission of data, data collection and making decisions. So it's just an advanced level of the telecommunication, IoT. Um, uh, these days we're talking about 5G, 4G, um, um, big data. Uh, so, this is my my area. This is what I want to do, but I can't achieve what I want to achieve if I don't focus on these core areas, which are essential for the country. And that's why I diverted and focus more uh, uh, in these areas because uh, I could have been doing studies somewhere and talking about these big names. But uh, as I already mentioned, the government will be like, this guy, what is he talking about? He's talking about something crazy. We are not really interested. We want to see the people' um, um, lives improve. So the only way was to be, you know, part of the train. Let's do this together. I'll use my knowledge. I'll use my team. I'll train my team. I'll create a strong team to ensure that we achieve what the government wants. We achieve what everyone wants in Malawi together. Mm -hmm. But now using my technological solutions. That's awesome. I that's inspiring, and I want to dive into that. What you just mentioned about, you know, achieving what the government wants and what the people of Malawi wants, and in terms of of their access to water in particular. And can you just kind of envision what the future of water 
in Malawi and in perhaps even greater in the world, but I know we're talking about Malawi in particular right now, um, would look like and how IMOSIS and your initiatives are are helping to achieve that? Yeah, uh, that's 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 a that's a tough one. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll come by the I'll, I'll start by giving you maybe a, a background of the water situation in Malawi, and uh, maybe with the our initiatives, maybe then we can map how the future may look like. Uh, currently, about eighty percent of the, the national population has access uh, to improve water source. So here we are talking about uh, people who have houses connected to water pipes and also including people who, who go to communal water uh, kiosks. So in total, we are looking at around 80%. 80 uh, Population-wise, we are around 80 million. So from there, you'd see that uh, we have 4 million people who continue to lack access to safe drinking water. So there's that gap. And uh, I think this gap is common, not only here in Malawi, but it can be generalized also to countries similar to Malawi. So we're looking at the Sadiq region, Africa, and even in Europe, not everyone has access to, 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 to safe drinking water. So there's that gap. So right now we're looking at 4 million. What are the issues that are challenging to ensure that we close this gap. So some of the issues uh, maybe we could look into is uh, there's uh, increasing water supply costs. So if you're looking at uh, a water utility company, the way the cost of, 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 of producing that safe water for today and for yesterday is not the same. The costs are going higher. Why are the costs going higher? Um, there, there are a number of issues uh, that can contribute to the costs of water to be higher. So some of the issues is to do with the cost of equipment. So basically, we are looking at plumbing, plumbing equipment, the pipes, uh, cost of chemicals, chemicals that are used in the... Um, uh, purifying this water so that it's safe uh, for drinking. Most of these things are imported. They are imported somewhere and um, we use them in Malawi. We don't have a strong manufacturing industry. But now, due to COVID, COVID actually has opened our eyes because the, the borders were closed. And uh, in many cases, to have this, these raw materials, the pipes, the chemicals, to have them into the country, it was a nightmare. Okay. Now, COVID has taught us to say, oh, you people, let's rely on local solutions. Let's boost our industry. Okay, so the, 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 the way the country now is going is that uh, let's come up with more manufacturing industries. So in this case, we should be able to manufacture the pipes locally. Actually, there's a gap there. Even if we have investors out there wanting to invest in Malawi, putting up a factory, by just looking at these pipes, it's the, the, the business model, it's workable. 
because there is no one that is doing these these these, these pipelines. They are all imported, including the chemicals, the chlorine, all these things. They can be managed in a lab level. We don't have to import. We can do this locally. Okay, so if we are able to do this, you see that this costs cost for water can it drop. And as the cost of water drops, the water utility companies will make more money to expand their network. In that case, we are going to reach out to these 4 million people who are suffering, who have no connectivity to water. So that's one solution uh, that uh, uh, we could also look into for the future to say the future, everyone, everyone will have access to water. That's the ultimate goal. Everyone will have access to water, but how? So one of the, one of the one of the solution localization of solutions. That's why even us we are going forward because in the past it could have been a German company coming. It could have been a company from South Korea coming to offer solutions which we are solving them locally. And because of COVID, these experts when they come to the country. They have to go into isolation, quarantine, 14 days. But yet we have a water system that is not working. It needs their expertise. But now what we're seeing is let's grow. Let's strengthen our skills. Let's strengthen the industry. Let's make sure that we are manufacturing and we have the manpower to handle this. In this case, you see that we started relying more on ourselves. We are using our own raw materials. And in the end, the cost that are spent because of importing might be going down and down. And in, in that case, these water utility companies will make more money to expand their network. Another issue uh, that is also problematic, uh, of course, here we have looked at uh, cost of water, but um, another issue is uh, water resources management problems. Okay, so you could have the water resource, but uh, they are not managed properly, maybe because they are unsustainable policies. But now, with the coming in of technologies like the ones which we have discussed today, um, they will have the whole water system in their pocket. They can manage and make decisions in their pocket. Because you know what was happening in the past was the they could have a reservoir tank. And just because they don't know what is going on, they keep on pumping water into there, and the water will be overflowing. And that water is expensive. It has been treated. It has traveled for a long distance. It's money lost. It's, it's millions of quatches. It's hundreds and thousands of US dollars being lost just because they are unable to manage the resources. But now coming with technology, they're able to know, to say this area we have enough. Let's divert this area. Let's divert the water to this area to ensure that everyone has access to water. So you see, the future is the digital. Now, actually, actually, in future, we may not even have a whole hundred people working in a water utility or water facility plant. Only two or three people will be able to, because everything is going to uh, be embedded in technology. That's the future. And I think we're already seeing this uh, coming into being. So if the water resources is managed well, we should be able to assist these 4 million people who have no water connected to them. And another challenge is also to do with the scarcity of water. The scarcity of water um, due to many factors. For example, population pressure. 
because uh, the water systems were designed a long time ago in the 60s probably and then our population was small but now the population is growing and growing and growing and this is not only malawi it's general because what i'm saying is it could is, it also applies everywhere so the population is growing population for the world is not the same it's growing and water needs you know are also growing because in the past for example when i was a kid um we could have water all the time we'll be able to open uh, the tap and water will come out but i i tell you even in cities even even in the in the in the most high end neighborhood there are times whereby oh, a week does not end without having a two hour shortage of water okay so we have dry 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 taps issue of having dry taps is very common because of population is growing and also our living standards are also growing you know uh, people have nice gardens you know a lot of water is you not know, is, is is being used so uh, we need to find ways how can we have ways to ensure that we meet the demand so probably we need to look for new water sources new solutions and in 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 this way we are going to meet the demand so that's how i look at the, the future uh by actually mapping from the challenges which we have today and looking at the solutions and these solutions will look will take us to the future of ensuring that everyone has access to clean water as you say maya there's this focus on localization now and in the future i i think that'll stay with us stay with the industry and the sector with all the work that you've done with imosis i'm wondering are there lessons learned for other people interested in doing this kind of work interested in this intersection to learn from the, your experiences yeah actually i mean we are open for collaboration and um right now we are establishing partnership and uh, we could have uh, um um uh, maybe somewhere in ethiopia they could have challenges similar problems which we face we are ready for for collaboration to ensure that the way we are doing things here can be replicated in those countries also because you see as i said most of our challenges are similar uh, if you look at sadiko african general what we go through in malawi the same in zimbabwe namibia tanzania and the solution can is the be replicated and i uh, must recommend w2 for this kind of initiative because the more we spread this news the more we are saving lives maybe you may not know but someone might send us an email even not mentioning w2 but we say we've heard about what you're doing can you please help us oh yeah okay let's do this we might give them the solution but you may not know it could be through your work so i really recommend what you're doing uh you may be saving lives without you are not knowing what you're really doing so i think let's 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 keep on talking and uh, i'm always ready i'm always excited to be here and, and share the story to the world so that we keep on assisting the people out there who have no access to clean water thank you maya that was beautiful and you know that's that just so beautifully sums up exactly the purpose of w12 and we're we're interested in promoting collaboration between between places particularly urban areas particularly cities but just in general we're interested in promoting solutions to the world's greatest water issues and partnering with groups like Amosis like yourself um is i mean the best part of what we do because we're able to say hey this group did something really really interesting it's working 
you know, there is not a one size fits all solution, certainly, but there might be something about this that another place could learn from and take it and adapt it. And then, as you said, more lives can be saved. More people can have consistent access to affordable, clean water. And that to us is the, the ultimate goal of W12. So it, it's lovely to, to hear that from you. Um, very much as we close out, because we've um, been talking for a while now, which has flown by, I wanted to make sure we have a moment to ask you how people would get in touch or find you online or support your work. What, what's the best way to do that? Okay, um, I think uh, they can use our email. Uh, we have uh, Imosis email, info at Imosis. Uh, .mw, or they can reach directly to me. So I think um, uh, I could share my email uh, with you and you can share also to the community. Um, I don't mind even having an SMS coming to my number if it's anything to, to do with um, uh, assisting someone to have solutions, I won't mind. So all channels for communication, um, I'm available. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook, so everywhere where there's need, I'm always available. I'll be excited to reach out and uh, and uh, offer advice and support where it's needed. Thank you so much, Maya. We are definitely going to include all your contact information in the show notes for people to find. Thank you again for chatting with us. You are so passionate and really are going in such a bright direction and such a great direction that I hope that this conversation educated people, informed people, inspired them to really look within themselves to figure out um, where they can most be helpful for their community. Thank you, Jude. And I hope this is not the end. I hope we have more interaction sections also. Don't worry, you'll be hearing from us. (laughs) All right, good. Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Maya. Thanks for joining us on this episode of The How, a W12 Plus podcast channeling water solutions. W12 Plus is a movement to connect, catalyze, and incubate urban water solutions, starting with local organizations and leaders. Find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, and at our website, w12plus.org. That's w12plus.org. Thanks, and we hope you join us again next time.